Welcome to News Fix, where we spend hours going through the news so you don't have to. Concerns over the Ukraine crisis have reached a boiling point. Is a summit agreed in principle between Putin and Biden actually going to go ahead? Which media sources were the US referring to when it warned its citizens? And will Prime Minister Johnson's grim prediction be proven correct? It's Monday, February 21st. Here's your News Fix. The Biden administration believes we are on the brink of a Russian invasion. Over the weekend, Prime Minister Johnson added it could be, quote, the biggest war in Europe since 1945. For anyone wondering why they feel so certain an invasion could happen, well, much of the media are now reporting there are 150,000 Russian troops near the border. A US official was also cited by CNN as saying, quote, roughly 75% of Russian conventional forces have been deployed against Ukraine. There was also an announcement that Russian troops in Belarus will remain there indefinitely. It's also worth noting that on Sunday, the US Embassy in Moscow issued a warning citing media sources to American citizens about possible attacks on, quote, shopping centers, railway and metro stations in Moscow and St. Petersburg, as well as near the border with Ukraine. The message encouraged US citizens to, quote, have evacuation plans that do not rely on US government assistance. The US editor of the Moscow Times was among others saying she has not seen any news reports of possible terror attacks within Russia. As the prominent Putin critic Bill Browder tweeted, as predicted by the US and other allies, the Russians are blowing up buildings in occupied eastern Ukraine and blaming the Ukrainians in order to justify a full-scale invasion. Exactly the same playbook as Georgia in 2008, this is really happening. For anyone wondering who Bill Browder is, he played a pivotal role in bringing in the Magnitsky Act. He is also the author of a best-selling and fascinating book called Red Notice, which we would highly recommend reading. In terms of the continuation of diplomatic efforts, French President Emmanuel Macron spoke to both President Biden and President Putin over the weekend. Following this, both leaders agreed in principle to a summit on Ukraine. The White House, however, said President Biden would only participate if an invasion hasn't happened. No date, time, nor location for the summit has been mentioned. Meanwhile, today, the Organization for Security and Cooperation, often referred to as the OSCE, will meet today in an effort to find a solution to the ongoing Ukraine crisis. It goes without saying that we'll keep a very, very close eye on any developments on this story. Now, unfortunately, the news can often feel negative. We try to balance it out here at Newsfix, but over the weekend, a number of deaths occurred that you should be aware of. Firstly, news broke over the weekend that a French man described as, quote, a longtime associate of Jeffrey Epstein was found dead in a Paris prison. As CNN reported, Jean-Luc Brunel was found alone, hanged with bedsheets. The former model agent was in jail on counts of rape of a minor over 15 and had also been accused of rape by a number of former top models. He was also suspected of having supplied the late Jeffrey Epstein with a number of underage women. Though authorities said early indications point towards suicide, as a cause of death, an investigation will be opened. And in the newsletter, we've included a link to what we found to be the most helpful article on all of this. Now, Jamal Edwards, a British entrepreneur credited with helping launch the careers of Ed Sheeran and Jesse J, among others, has died at the age of 31. As the BBC's music correspondent wrote, it's impossible to overstate how important Jamal Edwards was to British rap. News of his death broke on Sunday evening, and media reports noted he is understood to have performed as a DJ at a gig on Saturday, but no details on a cause of death have been released. In Northern Ireland, a DUP member called Christopher Stalford died suddenly over the weekend at the age of 39. There will be a minute's silence at Stormont later today. Across the political spectrum in Northern Ireland, people paid their respects to Stalford's family. 
the SDLP party postponed their spring conference, which was due to take place on Sunday. Sinn Féin's Mary Lou MacDonald was also mentioned across many media reports for her message of condolence. She tweeted, quote, Shocked and deeply saddened at the death of Christopher Stalford. Sympathies and prayers are with his wife, children, wider family, and all who know and love him. May he rest in peace, followed with the Irish saying, No cause of death was mentioned in any of the media articles we found. In some pandemic updates, the Queen has tested positive for coronavirus and is experiencing mild symptoms. Buckingham Palace made a point of saying she will be carrying out light duties this week. In Ireland, there are 52 people currently in ICU with coronavirus, the lowest number in five months. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is expected to announce the government's living with COVID strategy for England today. The Times said it would bring an end to all remaining coronavirus restrictions. Also from today, Australia's border will reopen to fully vaccinated visa holders. In Media Matters, British presenter Andrew Neil is to host a new Sunday night political show on Channel 4 from May. As The Guardian noted, it marks something of a leftwards lurch for Neil, who played a pivotal role in launching GB News last year, before an acrimonious departure. Worth a read, we all know who the current Dalai Lama is and what he looks like, but did you know there are some very real concerns he could be the last one? For anyone who missed our weekend in-depth piece, it was a good one. We've linked to it in the newsletter, China and Tibet, The Last Dalai Lama. Now today marks 50 years since US President Richard Nixon became the first US president to visit the People's Republic of China. As CNN noted, it came after more than 20 years of hostility and almost no contact between the two countries. And lastly, today also marks President's Day in the US. It is a day marked annually on the third Monday in February and is mostly viewed as a day honoring George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. That's today's fix. Have a great day.